Humble as ever, rumble wit, whoever. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we're looking back at Thursday's action. We are previewing Friday's games. Michael Bolton... Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it indeed. And uh, like yesterday, my son's got his cricket final still on today. So we're only recapping the early games on today's show. I thought it was either that or there's no show at all. And I thought just recapping two of the games rather than providing nothing is probably the way to go. So again, this is you know, me trying to you know, work out the best thing to do in terms of releasing these videos. Also trying to be there and, uh, and attend my son's uh, sporting uh, achievements, especially when we are talking about the final. So that's why I have to leave early and can't record those last two games. Let's enough of me talking shit. Let's talk about these other games, which involves me, of course, talking shit by looking at the action from uh, Thursday. The first game we look at, the Denver Nuggets and the Charlotte Hornets. The Nuggets get over the line just Jamal Murray with a, uh, a jumper at the end to win 114-112. Big Chungus, 14-11 and 8 with a steal and a block for Nikola Jokic. Wasn't his best game. Only played the 31 minutes. He did have some foul trouble. The most interesting thing, I think, out of this game was the fact that Michael Porter Jr. was a DNPCD. Now, Michael Malone has been criticized heavily on this podcast. The Doctor, for those of you who have been around long enough to remember that nickname, he makes some dumb decisions. And while Porter has some moments of flash, he also struggles quite a bit at times. And I don't hate these decisions from Malone to not play him. Yes, he is the future. He's going to be the future over Barton and over guys like Grant and Millsap and Craig and Plumley, pretty clearly. But this is a team that's right at the top of the Western Conference and they need to win games now. And if Porter's not doing that, then that sacrifice has to be made. So I don't really hate that. It just means that from a fantasy perspective, he's not a 12 or a 14 team league guy. Even though he might play 20, 25 minutes against the Cavs in the next game, he's not going to be reliable enough. Monty Morris continues to play his pretty big minutes. 25 minutes for Monty. 15 points with four assists and a triple one. Efficient shooting. He's a great assist streamer while he's getting these 25 minutes tonight. And Gary Harris. No! Is he back? Probably not, but 14-5-2 with two steals and a block is its encouraging. Look at him as a steals streamer, a guy that you can grab off the wire. He's got every chance of getting you two or three steals a game. Uh, you know, not every game, of course, but throwing those in there as a, uh, as a sort of a stream option is where his value is. Murray had 18, 3, and 6, while Grant, 11 points in 28 minutes, and Millsap only the 20 minutes. This uncertainty between Grant and Millsap is why it's really hard to have them as must-roster 12-team league. In fact, I don't think either of them are must-roster 12-team league players. Barton had 16 and 7, and he has been a pretty significant disappointment over the last stretch of the season, really sort of dropping off. For the uh, Hornets, Devontae Graham was back, and this looks like October Devontae Graham. 24 points, 7 assists, and shot... 53%. Of course, trusting that is almost impossible to do, but the fact that he... And a lot of people have said, man, do I drop Devontae Graham because he missed like one game with a sore ankle? Like, no, you don't. I know his shooting has been terrible, but no, you don't drop him. He is, though, over the last 20 games, the 102nd ranked player, but you've got to be punting field goals. And you punt field goals and he'll jump 20, 30 spots. 
So that's the difference there. You cannot go, oh, yeah, but his field goal is killing me. You, you know that if you have Devontae Graham. And it doesn't matter if it's been killing you. You have to take that into consideration. That's what punting's all about. Cody Martin still played 32 minutes, only the two points. He took one shot. He hit it. But four rebounds, seven assists, three steals. It's very Nick Batumish in his ability to contribute across the board. He's going to be a rotational piece, at least while Malik Monk is out. Paul Washington Jr. had 20 and six with three threes. Pretty strong from him, while Miles Bridges only eight points, but two rebounds, sorry, nine rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks is pretty strong. The center situation again, it was Cody Zeller and Billy Hernan Gomez. It looks like they're going in three-game sort of blocks. So I imagine that Biombo sits in out the next one. And then we get Hernan Gomez sitting out the next three and then Zala sitting out the next three. It's a stupid way to run an NBA team. But hey, this is the Charlotte Hornets. Their motto, which which I knew the Latin for, was a stupid way to run a team. Jalen McDaniels, his numbers dropped off. He's still just an interesting deeper league guy. While Rogier had 19 points with three assists with five triples in his 35 minutes. A pretty strong performance from big old Tez. Let's go on to the next one. We're looking at the LA Clippers, and they dismantled the Houston Rockets 120 to 105. No one needed to play big minutes here. 29 minutes for Kawhi Leonard, 30 minutes for Paul George. Leonard continues to be great. 25, 6, and 5 with two steals and a block, while George had 13, 9, and 7. Marcus Morris is a drop in 12 team leagues. He's only a stream on games where Kawhi Leonard is out. He had 11 points. Reggie Jackson had 6 points in 18 minutes. Landry Shamets playing under 20 a night. Lou Williams played only 20. 20 minutes as well. Williams isn't a drop, but he's getting bloody close to it in a 10-team league. Oh, and, and even in a 12. Shamit, of course, is only a deep league guy, as is Reggie Jackson. A little bit of life from Patrick Beverly. Five points in 23 minutes with two steals, but I think we should be looking at him as just a steal streamer. Now, I thought this would be a game where Montrezl Harrell could play really well. And he did. 19 and 10 with two blocks is good. But he only played 22 minutes because if it's a Zubats was going crazy. 17 and 12 for Zubats. Six of six from the field. He blocked a shot, but still Doc Rivers only played him 20 minutes. We know that Zubats would be an absolute surefire must roster player if he played 25 a night. The problem is, unless Harold goes down, it just isn't happening. Now, if Harold goes down, I'm throwing everything I can to grab Zubats because if he plays 25 a night, the top 100 will be absolutely obliterated. And he was great here again, but Doc just has a real phobia of playing him more than 20 a night for God knows what reason. For the Rockets, Eric Gordon didn't finish the game due to knee soreness. They were down about 25 at that point, though, so I'm not worried. And Gordon is not a 12-team league guy anyway. Dan House had 14-4 and four with two blocks. He's a streamer-type guy, while Westbrook 29-15 and 15 and Harden 16-7-4. and four. Just a rough, rough... Um, Shooting night for the Rockets in general, 36% from the field, which included just 17% from two. Really, really horrible shooting numbers from Houston. Covington just the three points, but he had two blocks and nine boards, while Jeff Green had 17 points. In his 20 minutes with three threes, PJ Tucker didn't do much. Uh, this this game was that out of hand. We got four minutes of Bruno Caboclo, Caboclo and 14 minutes of Damari Carroll. Realistically, not a huge amount for us to... Um, yeah, take out of it from a fantasy point of view, considering considering just how much of a beatdown it was between the Clippers and the Rockets. Let's do a little bit of an update now on some injury news across the NBA. Rashawn Holmes is looking like he's going to return across the weekend. I don't know how they reintegrate him. The Harry Giles is playing well. I think Alex Len's going to lose all those minutes, and Holmes should push back to 27, 28 minutes a night with Giles playing 20. So Holmes, if he's on your wire, is a must-add player. Dion Waiters signed with the Lakers. I'm not convinced he's going to be a rotation player. You've You've got Rondo, you've got Bradley, KCP, Caruso, Danny Green, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis. It's 10 blokes, 11 blokes there already. 
So who does Waiters take the role off? They're not fully committing to him at this point. He's not definitely not getting a 30-minute-a-night role, is Waiters. So you can just leave him alone and see what happens. Maybe there are some big games coming. I highly doubt that for Waiters. It's more just where is the opportunity? Who is being taken out? Are they just going to remove Bradley out of the rotation completely? Is Rondo gone? Are they taking Caruso out? I think the answer to all those questions is going to be no, therefore limiting his value. Cam Johnson, who was a hot name uh, after DeAndre Ayton's injury yesterday, well, he's not even going to play Friday. The Suns play only two games next week, so adding him is probably not going to be worth your while. While uh, uh, Kevin Porter, I was wondering, which Porter is that? It's Kevin Porter out indefinitely with a concussion. He suffered that head injury yesterday. We don't know what indefinitely means. It could mean a week. It could mean four weeks. We don't know. If you're in a do-or-die playoff situation, as much as I think Porter's a must-roster player, if you are in the playoffs or you need games played, then you've got to drop him because we just don't know. It might be three weeks. It's not worth holding if you don't have an injured reserve slot. Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, probably similar thought with him. He is doubtful with a hip injury. He hasn't been ruled out in advance. So at least I would hold that one game there, especially a high-volume 10-game Friday because you're going to have a bench guy you can probably slide in there, but it's not encouraging for Brogdon to get hurt yet again. And then um, Kevon Looney, not great news from the Warriors, saying uh, Steve Kerr saying, well, his hip is a bit of a concern. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again this season with Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, uh, Alan Smilagic taking those center minutes. So I think Looney, I think these hip problems are going to ruin his career, really. This was a great opportunity for him this season, and he has not been able to be healthy at all. I worry if he can ever be a 20-minute-a-night guy ever again, unfortunately for him, because he is a player that I, that I have liked in the past and who does have some, uh, some pretty good numbers behind him. Him. It just doesn't look like to me that it's going to happen. Let's now look at DFS now for Friday. As I said, it is a pretty big day in the NBA with uh, 10 games on. So let's talk about that first one. And it is the Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards. Um, let's have a look at that one. Uh, the Wizards are three-point favorites. The total 245 and a half. Tom Bryant, he missed last game. He's not on the injury report. He'll be back. While Cam Reddish, Bruno Fernando, DeAndre Bembry, and the Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, are all probable. Dedman should go start at center and give you some decent value there. At point guard, Shabazz Napier, or Ish Smith's out as well for the, the Wizards. If Shabazz Napier's at 48, a bit disappointing, but I think there's going to be a game where he does go off. Uh, a great matchup against Atlanta, so he's at least worth a GPP look. While Trey Young at 9,900, been a little bit muted lately, Trey but again, this is a matchup for him to drop a 50 or a 55, so I like him a lot. Jeff Teague, Jerome Robinson. Look, Robinson's probably going to start at small forward again and probably going to do nothing. At shooting guard, Beal is at 10,100. He's almost a 50-point lock, I feel, while Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter at 5,000 has been consistently exceeding that number, which gives him some pretty strong cash floor value. At small forward, Reddish is at 4,300. A little bit up and down, a little bit hit or miss. Probably just a tournament sort of a guy. DeAndre Hunter at 46. Limit uh, The other way around. Limited-ish upside, but really strong cash floor as a 25 to 26 point per game guy. Troy Brown and Isaac Bonga, not enough to get me interested. At power forward, Hachimura is at 5,300. I absolutely love the cash floor. I despise the, the absolute ceiling, but I love the floor. While Bertans at 55 looks good for both formats. While the Baptist, Johnny Collins at 8,400, maybe pushing a little bit too high for me. At center, Bryant at 42. He had 27 points in only 18 minutes last game, 19 minutes. He is a really strong per-minute producer, but at 4,200, I do like him a lot. While The Undertaker's at 45, he looks like a great tournament guy considering he will likely start and play the bulk of those minutes, assuming he doesn't get into that extreme foul trouble that's been plaguing him for the majority of the season. The Spurs and the Nets. Is the next game we look at. Garrett Temple is doubtful, so look for a heavy dose of Chris Chiozza. Again, LaMarcus Aldridge remains sidelined 
for San Antonio at point guard. Dinwiddie's at 6,800. A couple of real rough ones from Spence, and that's caused his salary to drop down. So I like getting back on board with him. DeJounte's at 55. Absolute love it. Really strong cash floor for Murray, while Derek White at 4,700. Probably not the DFS option of choice, nor is Pat Mills. At shooting guard, Levert's at 6,700. I still like that salary, despite the relative dud that he put out last time. So I like him at that salary, while DeRozan at 78 looks okay, but it's been weird. It's been a real turn from him to not be as aggressive with his shot and be more distributive. Uh, That doesn't sound like a real word, but I'm sure it is. At 7,800, I think I'd leave him only for tournaments, and even then, I'm not super convinced with it. Lonnie Walker and and Luawu Cabro, probably not. At small four, Torian Prince. God, no. Joe Harris at 48. Don't really like that, nor with Rudy Gay at 44. Although Gay at 44 could be a cash guy, but I think we can find better options out there than him. At power four, Jared Allen at 4,900 has done really well against the Spurs in the past, and this is a matchup that should suit him. So I think this is a great opportunity to throw him into a tournament. DeAndre Jordan at 5,000. I wouldn't want to trust that. And Drew Eubanks, who likely will be the Spurs starter, not going to work. Uh, Trey Lyles, I should have mentioned at 5,200. He's a little hit or miss as well. Probably more of someone you look at as a tournament option. Let's go on now to the next game. Uh, we're looking at the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New York Knicks. Mitchie Robinson is questionable again with that hammy problem, while uh, the Thunder are seven-point favorites on the road, and the total is 219. Lord Alfred Payton, 6,100, responded with 41 FanDuel points last time out. That's obviously really good. 6,100 I like, despite the negative matchup here against the Thunder. And Chris Paul at 72, Just he's just constantly giving us around that mark most nights. Nilakina, no. Shooting guard, Rowan Barrett's at 52, love it. Even in the nights where he's struggling, he's putting up enough counting stats to beat that. While Schroeder at 56 looks like a pretty good play to me as well. Definitely over someone like Shea Gildas-Alexander. Even though Shea did drop 45 last game. Lugens Dort, the Duke Wayne Ellington, MC Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson. Could not even cobble together one competent player out of those four guys combined. At small forward, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Uh, he's at 6,600. That's maybe pushing a little bit too high there for Gallinari. We can do better. Mo Harkless, no. Kevin Knox and Abdul Nadir. Similarly, at power four, Julius Randle's at 76. I like it. His lowest score in his last five is 38. That is a massively strong floor for Randle. Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson, not going to do it for me. Although this is, of course, a Taj Gibson revenge game. At center, Mitri Robinson, 58. If he plays, I like it. If he doesn't, of course, I don't like it. That makes him just a tournament guy. Well, Steve Adams at 6,000 isn't working for me. And But we've all got to get on punch Bob ship bloke, Bobby Portis, if Robinson is out. He's at 4,100. He should be good for 25-plus, maybe even 30 in this situation. Situation where um, uh, where Robinson does not play. The Orlando Magic and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Evan Fournier, who did play through his elbow injury last game, is now doubtful. So there's a wide open hole at shooting guard. Giggity. Probably Terrence Ross with some DJ Augustin, Michael Carter-Williams, and Wes Wundu will fill in that gap, would be my guess. At point guard, Carter-Williams is at 37. Tournament guy. Augustin at minimum salary. Again, could easily drop 25. Tournament guys only. Not massively super strong on them. Uh, Fultz at 5,000. I really like that for cash with some upside as well, especially with Fournier out. Jordy McLaughlin's at 4,000. He's playing really well, but I don't think he's all that good of a DFS option here. While at shooting guard, Terry Ross at 52. Dominating at the moment. That's a really low price plus extra opportunity here. You got to look at that as a strong play. Same with Malik Beasley at 5,300. Both of those guys look like great cash and tournament plays. D'Angelo Russell at 81. I just think spending 81, we can do better than spending it on D'Angelo Russell. 
Wancho Hernan Gomez is at 4,900. Uh, I think that's really good. Really strong cash floor for Wancho. The matchup is okay for him as well. I like it quite a bit here. Well, Jimmy Ennis at 38, maybe for a tournament, but I'm not so keen on him. Jarrett Culver, similarly. Power forward Naz Reed at 55 looks to be in form at the moment. Uh, like it. If he gets going, he's easily going to roll that number. Well, Aaron Gordon, the uh, the assist man, 7,100 for Gordo, who's dropping dimes like they're going out of fashion. His usage has been disappearing, but this is a good matchup for Gordo, so I think this is a great spot for him. And then noted power forward Josh Kogi, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, shooting guard, he is at 4,100, uh, listed as a power forward on FanDuel because, again, blind people do these positions. I don't think we can really get excited about him for DFS, but Jimmy Johnson, he's made us proud a lot. I think he makes us proud again. I think he's a minimum 25-point guy. I'm in on Jim Johnson. At center, Nikola Vucevic at 8,400, just absolutely will roast this team. Absolutely love this for Vuce. Bumba, probably not. Just doesn't get enough minutes for me to get anywhere close to being excited about using him. Next game, the Indiana Pacers and the Chicago Bulls. The Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon is doubtful. Jagar Sampson is questionable. TJ Warren is questionable. Doug McDermott is questionable. And Victor Oladipo is, guess what, questionable. As for the Bulls, their injury report is empty. We know Zach Levine is out, but everyone else is apparently ready to go. Timothy John McConnell should start in place of Brogdon. He's at 3,800, and I'd expect 20 points out of him minimum. I like it quite a bit, although he shits the bed pretty often when he gets opportunities. Well, Sadoransky at 51, I'm not massively feeling that one. Kobe White's at 61. He seems to be getting 30s without even trying at the moment. In fact, his lowest score in his last five has been 33. That's really bloody good. Uh, the matchup against the Pacers is probably somewhat of a negative for White, so if you're looking for an excuse to fade him, that's going to be it. While Big Shaq Harrison. Big Shaq Started last game. Now, I don't know if they're going to go to Otto Porter starting. You'd think that would be the common sense thing, but your mate, the Shadow King, Jim Boylan. And if you don't know what that nickname means, please, just I just started watching Legion. Uh, go and Google Shadow King. And if you can't tell me that that bloke isn't Jim Boylan, then uh, I'm not hosting this podcast. The Shadow King, Jim Boylan, just refuses to start Otto Porter. And he's gone away from his uh, his son, Ryan Archer-Jacono, to Shaq Harrison. Just, a, again, a complete mess with this team. As we know, Aaron Holiday's been terrible. He's at 3,700. But again, if Oladipo misses, then someone's going to have to get these minutes. And maybe some of the shots as well. He would be a tournament guy for me. Oladipo's at 54. Really hard to trust him at this point, given the uh, the multiple injuries and uh, unavailabilities. While Tony Warren's at 67, that's probably pushing a little bit too high to me for Warren. Yeah, for other small forwards, Otto Porter at 43. Yeah, not really all that keen on that one with the minutes the way they are. Justin Holiday and Denzel the Hammer Valentine only just going to be tournament guys. For power forward, Sabonis at 8,300. Absolutely fantastic matchup for DeMontis here against the Bulls. So he should be a good cash play. While Markin at 46 is, is not really someone I'd be all that keen on using. And Thad Young at 59. Again, we just don't know how those minutes are going to distribute between him and Markkinen, making him tough to roster. Wendell Carter's at 41, really not doing much, but still had 23 points last game, which at 4,100 is a win. And if it pushes up, then he dominates. That's really good value. While Turner at 6,000, I'm not massively feeling that for old Miles. Let's go next next game. The Miami Heat, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Pelicans. One and a half point favorites on the, uh, at home here. Interestingly enough, 235.5 is the total. Kenrick Williams is probably, we haven't seen this bloke play in a couple of months. Not even convinced he's going to be part of the rotation though. Uh, we know that Tyler Hero and Myers Leonard are both out. Kendrick Nunn's at 47. He really shit the bed last time. Just 15 points in 23 minutes. He's quite hit or miss. The matchup is really good for Nunn. Uh, tournaments only though for him, while the iron shoulder, Goran Dragic is rolling. But at 5,600, the margin for error there is pretty narrow. So I don't think that he's the one we want to look at. 
Lonzo Ball is, though, because he is dominating. 46-point average over his last five. But the salary is now up to 8000 Given the matchup against Miami, I might be inclined to fade off of Lonzo, but he has been so good. He's really tough to ignore. Jimmy Butler's at 79. Love the floor there. So he looks like a good spot. While the spur, Dunkey Robinson's at 43. Just not enough excitement there for me. Drew Holiday, 8400 Even when he gets these triple doubles, he's not necessarily dropping 40s and 45s. So for DFS, we can do better. Josh the Hitman Hart is not one of those better options. Jay Crowder's at 43. Oh, I couldn't be less excited about that. Well, 8,100. Actually, Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Brandon Ingram's at 8,100. Also, maybe like Drew, probably just a, a, you know, three to $500 too high, and we can do better than that. Derek Jones at 41 is not working for me either. At Powerford, Zion's at 75. Love it. Almost every game. Even last game, he was shit, and he still had 31 points. So I think that uh, Zion at that price looks really strong to me. While Bam Adebayo at 81, give me Zion at 75 pretty much every time. And then at center, Derek Favors at 56. He had 35 points last game in 32 minutes. Um, it's really, really strong there from Favors, whose numbers are starting to push up. I don't think I'd want to use him here, though, but he is at least someone worth watching. A Linux at 4,000, and again, he's one of the most inconsistent players in the NBA. Utah at Boston. The Celtics are going to be without Jalen Brown and Gordon Haywood again. Kemba Walker should return, but he'll be on a minutes limit while Marcus Smart did happen to escape that suspension. So that's good news. At point guard, Conley's at 5,500. I really like it. He's putting up some pretty strong numbers at the moment. Wanamaker is at 3,600. I feel like these teams just paid each other the other day. Yeah, they did in Utah. Uh, Wanamaker at 36 is only just a GPP guy. Even when he starts, he tends to uh, not provide much. 16 points in 30 minutes last game. While Kemba at 65, the minutes is the concern here for Walker. I wouldn't want to feel too reliant on it. I do for Marcus Smart though. 6,100. Terrible in the first half of last game, but should be better. I like him quite a bit. Well, Jordy Clarkson is on a real cold streak. If you want to go pivot and make him a GPP option, I think that's worthwhile, but that's all you'd want to rely on him for. While the Don, Donovan Mitchell is Don. He's good. 7,100. What a really good price that is for Don. I, I love that for Mitchell. That's a, a real cash guy to me. For your small forwards, Boyan's at 54. He's playing well at the moment. We know he goes in waves, so can we still ride that wave out? I feel all right about it, apart from the Celtics defense. While Jingle and Joe at 39 is not doing it for me, and Shemi Ojale, who went bananas last game, 35 points in 30 minutes. At least he's going to have the minutes opportunities here for uh, for Ojale, um, but I don't really see it as a great option. While Danny Tice at 5,200, no, not at the moment, not with how they're running that center rotation, and Tatum at 95 looks to be a pretty strong cash and sort of a player with both Jalen and Gordon Haywood out. Uh, Grant Williams will probably start. He's at 3,600. He had 22 points. That's a pretty good return. I don't know if I fully trust it though, but I think if we see him starting again, he's at least a cheap cash guy you can put in. Rudy Gobert is at 8,100. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, look, his recent games have been pretty strong. But against Boston, is he more of a 35-point guy or a 45 I think he's probably closer to 35. Therefore, I probably would end up fading off of Gobert here. Cantor, Rob Williams, Tony Bradley, I don't think they're going to really move the needle all that much for me. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, JJ Barea, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway, and Luka Doncic are all questionable for Dallas. So multiple things could change there. They could open up value for Maxi Kleber. It could open up value for Seth. A ton more value for Seth Curry. For uh, Kristaps Porzingis, if Doncic is out. DeLon Wright, perhaps, if we get Hardaway and Luka out. There is so much that can change with this team. 
For Memphis, they're still without Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark and Justice Winslow, of course. DeAnthony Melton's at 45. I'm not trusting him at all at this point, while Morant's at 71. I think that's a pretty good cash play with some tournament upside as well. And Tyus Jones, 31-point average over his last three ties, playing fantastically well. I think he's at least worth a tournament look to me. Uh, Donch is at 10-7. If we hear he's playing, he's questionable with an illness, then I think that's a a pretty good spot. The the Grizzlies have been just dominant at the moment, though. Well, Seth Curry at 51 looks like a good cash play to me as well. At shooting guard, Dylan Brooks at 49. He has been rough as shit lately, averaging just uh, 25 over the last five, and a couple of those were massive high-volume games with bad shooting. He's in a real rut. I don't now, that's enough for me to say I just don't want to use him. Well, D-Lon Wright at 45, that opportunity could really open up for him with a couple of injuries there in Dallas or a couple of guys ruled out. At small forward, Timmy Hardaway at 55 could be really good. If we have, say, Doncic and uh, Doncic and um, the other guy, Finney Smith, both out, that would give some pretty good value. Joshy Jackson at 46, eh. I don't think I really love that for DFS. He's been playing well, but you just can't push those minutes up high enough to make a, too big of a difference. Kyle Anderson, no thanks. At power forward, Maxi Kleber's at 49. This could be massive for him. I think he's going to really profile it as a must-roster guy if DFS is out. While Kristaps Porzingis, Porzingis. he's at 9,400 because he's just tearing guys apart. 55-point average over the last five. If Doncic is out, even at that price, I think I like it more than using Jason Tatum at his 9,500. At center, Jonas Valanciunas. 75 is a little bit high. I think it might be, but I also think there is some good cash floor value there. While Gorgie Jang is giving us 27 a night at 5,300, the risk of him coming off the bench though, or the risk of him not playing enough minutes due to him coming off the bench is a concern. And I don't really see that as a high value proposition. Next up is the Phoenix Suns. They host the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard is back, but for Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton is doubtful and Cameron Johnson is out at point guard, ravishing Rick Rubio's at 7,000. He's been really roasting teams. I think that's a pretty good spot for him, especially with Aiton out. While Lillard at 9,000, a yeah, successful comeback, but 9,000 is a lot, isn't it? It's it, You need 46, 48 points to really bring that value back. Can he do it? Of course. Do I feel that confident in it? At this point, probably not. Uh, Javon Carter, Anthony Simons, no thanks. At shooting guard, Booker's at 83, and he hasn't quite been at that level either. We hope that this sort of matchup can spark him, but he hasn't really been at that level for a few weeks now. While Ty Jerome at 35 and CJ McCollum at 8,000, I don't think either of those guys are going to do it. CJ plays well, but then Damien comes back and it does impact him. At small forward, Mallow's at 53, exploded last game. We can't trust that, only for tournaments. While McCall Bridges at 6,000, that's way too high for McCall Bridges. He is not a good DFS player. I do not like that salary. Ariza is at 46 as well. I think that's not bad cash value there for uh, Trevor Ariza. At power forward, Sharich is at 55. He's really doing jack shit at the moment, but a perfectly good matchup, and he should get some center minutes, which is where he has put up the best value this season. That at least puts him into the tournament discussion. Uh, Diallo, Swanigan, no. At center, Aaron Baines at 49. I don't know whether they'll start Baines. I think they're almost going to have to with Johnson and Oubre both out, so that's going to give Baines value. He's at 4,900, so it's a significant price bump, but it is a really good matchup going up against your mate, Hassan Whiteside. So I think that Baines at least pushes into the tournament value, while Hassan Whiteside himself... He's at 9,600. He's good for 45 a night, it feels like. I like him uh, uh, quite a bit here. 
the last game of the night. We're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, the LA Lakers. The Lakers are one-point favorites, and the total is 228. Of course, Anthony Davis has popped up as being probable. Alex Caruso is probable, while George Hill is questionable for Milwaukee, and Kyle Korver is not on the injury report, so he should be returning. Eric Bledsoe at 6,000. Last game sort of got back on track for Bled, and I reckon this one stays close, pushing his minutes up. I think he's at least worth a look here. George Hill is not, nor is Alex Caruso or Rajon Rondo. At shooting guard, Chris Middleton, 6,600 for mids. This is a great opportunity for him to be a 40-point guy. They're going to put a lot of uh, stress on him, a lot of minutes on him. So I think that that works there. Dan Green, KCP, DiVincenzo, Bradley, Matthews, Connaughton. Only one there would have any interest is Dante, who had 42 last game. But again, still just more of a tournament player. At small forward. Love it. Lock it in. Absolute absolute rock-solid player there, as Yanni is at 11-1 as well. I think I take LeBron and save $900 over Unto Kumpo, but both guys should be really, really good. At power forward, Davis is at 10-4, and he should also be. All three of these guys have massive opportunities in this one. Um, at power forward, again, the future MVP is at 4,000, probably about 3,500 3, too high. So I think we'll leave Kuzma alone. And then onto your centers. Lopez at 5,000. I love that for Brook Lopez. Really good value. Howard and McGee don't think that they're going to do it for me. Let's now flip it over. Have a look at some DraftKings value plays. Bainsey, Carter-Williams, McConnell, Sharich, Dedman, Terrence Ross, Bledsoe, Naz, Vucevic, Gallinari, Booker, Bridges, Fultz, Reddish, Trey, TJ Warren and Karis LeVert look to me to be pretty good options for Friday's slate of games. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast, guys. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Leave a comment down below. And if you are watching this on YouTube, I don't know the bloody hell's going on with YouTube and why things are taking so long to process. So maybe you're not even watching this and I'm just talking into uh, complete nothingness, but you're hearing it on the audio-only version. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Ja Morant.